Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Friday, August 25th. Coming up, Kansas City is on track for what may be its most violent year ever. Some black women say their decision to buy a gun is not necessarily a statement of fear, but of empowerment. Not only would just the sight of the gun can frighten the men, um, the fact that I'm holding it with stands and, and education and they confidence, they see she knows how to use it. I'm not going to just be able to take that from her. We'll hear why more black women are buying guns and training to use them safely. Plus, Kansas wildlife commissioners might make it illegal to feed deer. Hunting lodge owners are opposed and say a ban on deer baiting would hit their businesses hard. But first, some headlines. The U.S. Department of Justice is investigating racism in the Kansas City Fire Department, according to a lawsuit filed by an African-American battalion chief. Kansas City Urban League President Gwen Grant says it's not just the fire department where she sees rampant racism. Those systemic racial issues uh, carry over uh, into uh, city operations as a whole. Grant says racism has been a problem for city workers for a long time, and it's gotten worse under Mayor Quentin Lucas and city manager Brian Platt. The DOJ is also investigating the Kansas City Police Department over its hiring practices. The city says it is cooperating with DOJ investigators. The Lee's Summit School District is one of four in the metro that will no longer use Missouri's standardized testing system. KCUR's Jody Fortino reports. Liberty, Center, and Raymore Peculiar Schools will also stop relying on the Missouri Assessment Program. Instead, they plan to administer tests throughout the year so teachers can tailor their lessons. Christy Barker is Lee Summit's Associate Superintendent of Academic Services. She says the state tests don't give teachers the feedback they need. Kids take a test in April and then we don't get their results until July, August, and they're already in the next grade and there's really nothing we can do with that instructionally. The schools will also need a federal waiver to stop administering state tests altogether. An attorney for the Marion County Record says law enforcement kept a copy of the newspaper's data, even after a judge ordered the seized materials be returned to the central Kansas newspaper. Dylan Lyson of the Kansas News Service reports. Attorney Bernie Rhodes said in a letter to the Marion County Sheriff's Office that the police keeping a copy of the newspaper's data on a USB drive is illegal, and he demanded the data be returned. The Sheriff's Office later agreed to destroy the data, Rhodes says he is pursuing a court order to make sure it happens. After days of widespread criticism, prosecutors withdrew the search warrant. Legal experts say the raid on the newspaper was likely illegal. We'll be back after this. This podcast is looking for good deals on great food, but sometimes we need to grab a bite late at night. What are some of your favorite late-night happy hours in the KC Metro? Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. As another year of escalating homicides results in more conversations about guns and gun violence, KCUR's Laura Ziegler sat down with some Black women who have decided to protect themselves by buying guns. A warning, this piece has the sound of shots being fired. 
Rashawn Brown recently welcomed me into R&A Accessories. Laura? I'm Laura. A small firearms and self-defense accessory shop she owns with her husband at 79th and Troost. Brown is a 40-year-old black woman, the mother of seven. During the day, she works as a construction company project manager, and in her off time, she organizes the Black Women of Pretty Pistol Posse, a group of about a dozen mothers, wives, and professionals who got together during the pandemic. She's invited a few of them to tell me their stories. Brown Shop doesn't sell firearms, but the small black pistol resting in a crossbody holster on her hip lets you know she's not only an owner, but open carries when she can. Because when I was growing up, I never saw a black woman or man out in public with a gun unless they were a criminal. And that if you see a person that you know, may know is not a bad person carrying a gun, it may open your mind. In glossy pink lipstick and three-inch long hot pink fingernails, she says the women of the posse came together after she and some friends posted pictures of themselves at a shooting range. Alicia Olatunde says she'd never owned a gun before she joined the group, but has relatives who've been fatally shot. She says high unemployment during COVID-19 and racial unrest following the murder of George Floyd made black communities especially vulnerable and scared. According to industry statistics, gun purchases by black women increased almost 90% in the first half of 2021. And so everybody just was like, oh no, I'm a fight. And if I'm a, if I'm a fight, I'm a fight with a gun because they want to protect what's theirs, whether that be family or home or whatever. Ola Tunde, a licensed professional counselor, recognizes that mental health plays a role in escalating violence and has become an advocate not only for more mental health resources, but tougher regulation on some firearms like assault-style weapons. As a gun owner, as also as someone who sees people with a wide array of mental health issues, I feel like laws, or restrictions rather, Taking that into consideration is important. She is skeptical of the traditionally white male gun lobby, which she believes has put politics over people and inflamed the already controversial gun issue. Who's going to shoot today? Who's going to shoot today? I need that. Across town in Raytown, members of the Kansas City chapter of the National African American Gun Association are in the lobby of Blue Steel Guns and Ammo, with noise-reducing headphones cocked on their heads waiting to get down to the range. Members of the group say they have a mixture of political leanings, but they see gun ownership as a constitutional right denied black people over centuries of brutality and killing. Suave Estelle is one of 30 women in the chapter. She grew up in a hunting family and says she bought a gun in 2018 to start hunting herself. But black women, she says, are vulnerable because of race and gender, and she joined the Black Gun Owners Association to get trained on how to safely protect herself and her property. Not only will just the sight of the gun can frighten the men, um, the fact that I'm holding it with stands and, and education and they confidence, they see she knows how to use it. I'm not going to just be able to take that from her. I met Latasha Jacob outside some midtown shops recently. She helped found Pretty Pistol Posse, but left to the group to lobby for more social services for her community. She's also a Second Amendment advocate and a gun owner, but she says you can't talk about gun rights without also addressing the outsized impact of violence on disadvantaged communities. Most of the crime happens within the urban core because that is where people feel as though they have no other avenue than to do harm to someone else to protect themselves because they don't have other resources that they can truly lean into. Jacob will join Missouri gun lobbyists when they go talk to legislators this fall. 
As black women who've armed themselves, they are uniquely qualified to remind politicians there are ways to reduce gun violence that don't have anything to do with guns. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Laura Ziegler. In Kansas, it's legal for hunters to bait deer with corn and other foods, but most states don't allow that anymore. Now, a fatal illness similar to mad cow disease is spreading through Kansas, and it could be the tipping point that pushes wildlife commissioners to adopt a ban on baiting. Kansas News Service reporter Celia Yopis Jepson filled in reporter Blaze Mesa about her reporting on the issue. Celia, what is chronic wasting disease? Chronic wasting disease is a fatal illness. Uh, It eats holes in the brains of deer and elk. No people have ever gotten sick from this. And the, the disease has been around for some decades now. Still, scientists are nervous. They aren't entirely positive that this can't infect people. So if you hunt deer, the Centers for Disease Control uh, does urge you to get it tested and don't eat it if it tests positive. So how common is the disease in deer? It's in most states now, and it's getting pretty common in western Kansas. State biologists sample bucks that are at least two and a half years old, and based on that, they're estimating that a third or more of those in uh, the northwest corner of the state now have the disease. And then the rates drop as you head south and east from that corner, but the disease is very much on the move. And some biologists hope that a ban on feeding deer could at least slow the spread a bit. Exactly. When you put out uh, a pile of corn or apples or, you know, whatever food for deer, they all go to that spot. And scientists say this makes it really easy for the animals to pick up a a number of illnesses, really, and, and chronic wasting disease is one of them. Is feeding deer common? What do hunters and rural landowners think of the ban? Feeding deer in Kansas is super common. People like to do it to get closer to deer that they're hunting or just for wildlife viewing or to boost the numbers of of deer on their land. But the, the pushback so far at public meetings on this topic has come primarily from uh, people who might lose money if it becomes illegal to feed deer. So feed sellers and hunting lodge owners, for example. Yeah, so some of them say they're not convinced that chronic wasting disease is much of a threat. Others argue that this disease is going to spread no matter what. And they're saying that making it illegal to feed deer is really going to hurt a lot of rural businesses. One of those businesses is owned by Kenny Graham. He owns a hunting lodge south of Topeka. Look at how it's going to affect. In Osage County and Coffee County alone, it's going to put three people out of business. People pay $4,000 or more to come to Kansas and stay at a lodge for a week of deer hunting. And feeding deer makes sure that there will be plenty of animals around for those customers. On the other side, you have hunters like Michael Duchman. He used to support baiting, but now he's against it. We don't need to shoot a deer every year. I did a lot of hunting last year without corn, and no, I didn't get one. But I was happy. Duchman says the important thing is the sustainability of the species for his kids and his grandkids. What happens next? Expect a months-long process before the state wildlife commissioners eventually vote. But we do know that the commissioners who have spoken publicly on this topic so far sound very much in favor of regulations. Here's one of them, Troy Sporer, at a public meeting earlier this summer. I think the commission would all vote to ban baiting today. 
We've been here in the negative side of baiting for several years. Commissioners are worried not just about chronic wasting disease, but other issues when corn or other food is being put out for deer. Like what? Higher numbers of deer in some areas, which can lead to heavier crop damage in nearby farm fields and even damage to woodlands that can actually hurt bird and and pollinator populations and other critters because deer just eat so much vegetation that those other creatures need. That was reporters Celia Yopis-Jepson and Blaze Mesa. The Kansas News Service reports on health, the many factors that influence it, and their connection to public policy. Find more at ksnewsservice.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Laura's story on Black women's gun ownership and Celia's story on deer baiting, visit kcur.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. On Monday, we'll hear about a controversy surrounding new ATMs in Kansas City that allow you to buy cryptocurrency. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org radioactive. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.